Kane is in the building. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of the All Pro Dads Podcast. We're here, we're live, and we're doing the damn thing. My name is Damien. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Denver underscore grown two three or on Instagram, Dame underscore APD. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Villalobos. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TV3 underscore 1122 and on Instagram at TV3 underscore APD. Thank you for listening. How you doing, buddy? You ready? Ready. Ready. Let's do it. Let's uh, tell everybody a little bit about ourselves. I'll let you kick it off. I'm a data too. Two and a half year old, and now one year old. Yeah, as of what three, three days ago. Yeah. Yeah, three days, three days ago. It's crazy. Um, uh, I drive a trash truck for a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's really about it. He's your local I mean, trash man in the city of Denver. Yeah, it's really it though. Sports fiend. Nothing. Yeah, I love sports. That's why we're here. We um, are here. <laughs> no pun that's an that's an inside joke that we'll yeah. get to. Either on, I don't know if it'll be this episode, but at, at you, some point. So, if you listen to a lot of Denver media, you'll know who we're talking about. You're right. Yeah. You a little nervous or there something? There you go. Just a little bit. Yeah. Just woke up. This one's live. It's about seven fifty. Good thing we're not on Twitch. Huh? It's early. Fuck. That'd be rough. I'll cut your stutters out. Don't worry. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Me, I'm Damien. I'm a dad of one with uh, one on the way. Mm-hmm. You know. Mila, she's a little over a year and a half. She'll be two in April. Son is on the way. He'll be here in April as well. No name, though. Boy boy names are hard, let me tell you. You just can't. You can't wrap your head around one. Nothing sounds right. It's crazy. I have them already, already there. Do you? Yeah. Did you guys find Nani's name pretty easy? Mm-hmm. Yeah? I feel like girl names are just way easier, you know? I don't know why. It's just... I feel like that's how it is. They're just not as as basic, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, this is All Pro Dads. We want to bring you the most unbiased local Denver sports opinions without you having to listen to a major media outlet here in Denver. And we want to give the, I guess you could say, casual fan the best opinion possible without having to reach out to those big media outlets. And I don't, I don't, I don't say casual fan, as like a a knock on people, you know. Just some people aren't as invested in sports, and I think it's nice from a fan perspective versus a big media perspective to get that opinion. And I think that's our goal. Would you agree? Yeah, because we go, we go in and do the research as well as the like the bigger medias do. Yeah. But we're not just getting our information off of Facebook, Twitter. Right. Listening to other people, getting into arguments. It's all our own opinions. Yeah, and we're taking the time to actually get the thorough research and make sure that everything we're putting out is factual. So, yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's our motto, and that's what we want this show to be. So hopefully you're not bored with these couple minutes already in, and you're going to stick with us for this ride and for this journey. And this is something that Tony and I are truly invested in, and we're excited to do. So let's get right to it. Let's jump in. Let's jump in. It is Saturday. Technically, it's game day. Yeah. Kind of weird to say, huh? It's game day for for a couple teams. Yeah, two teams. Broncos and Avs. Broncos Avs. But we're going to jump right into the the good old Denver Broncos off the rip, so. Oh, uh, what you what you think of last week against the Chargers? I really didn't expect it to go that way. It was more of a obviously a boat race and a route and a blowout win for the Chargers than what I thought it was going to be. I didn't think we were going to win that game. I I expected it to be a little more competitive though. And what I saw just wasn't I don't even want to say disappointing because this whole season has been a disappointment, Yeah, unfortunately. And, yeah, I just, it wasn't what I was ready for, to be honest. What about you? That wasn't an, an enjoyable game to watch, that's for no, sure. No, not, yeah, not no. at all. Far but from. I think that was probably the most embarrassing loss of the season. We I just had agree. some pretty embarrassing ones. Yeah, I would but agree. But you could just tell that the Chargers have something to play for, and... We don't. The Broncos are just shipping it in. Do you think that game would have been different if we win the Cincy game? Oh, yeah, definitely, because you're still in the playoffs. You win yeah. that game, and you're officially in the playoffs. Right. So If you beat Vegas and Cincy, you're, you're, you're in. I think I saw a stat. Of course, we say bringing them the best information, and I say I think. <laughs> yeah. It was somebody from here in, in Big Denver Media, and basically it was if we win out, our chances at playoffs were like 93%. Oh, yeah, it was 90-plus, easy. Yeah. It's just there's so much wrong with this team, and that that one game summed up the whole season. You had special teams turnovers. You allowed a kickoff return for a touchdown. You had – I mean, our offense didn't turn the ball over, but they also didn't move the ball at all. The first three drives of the game totaled 26 total yards of offense. First three. First three drives. We had a, our third drive of the game was zero yards. Three plays, zero yards. Yeah, and then the defense just didn't show up. There was no coverage. There was it was. And if you go look at the stat sheet, Justin Herbert didn't light up like from a yard standpoint. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Twenty-two of thirty-one, two thirty-seven, and two touchdowns. Yeah, that's nothing just special. Not what he's been doing. That's for sure. No, I think they knew. Once they got a decent enough lead, is this what you've seen against um, Cincy uh, the first time we played the Chiefs? Once teams get a decent lead against the Broncos, they know their offense can't compete. Right. So they they slow it down. And that's when it turns into the boat race. Yeah, because the offense can't score points. The defense, you could see the frustration from the defense that, you know, we're getting stops, but our offense can't score points. And once the, the offense, once the Chargers put up another touchdown... You could tell the defense knew it was over. Yeah, and we'll get into the preview of the Chiefs game, obviously, later in the Mm -hmm. show. But you brought up a good point, and you said, after I said this season's been a disappointment, you said the whole thing has been. No, yeah. So let's maybe, for a couple minutes here, take a dive into why. Into why? And I want to start, obviously, it's the elephant in the room. Everybody knows what it is. Pat Shermer. And I don't even think you could say Vic Fangio because... Because the defense has been there. Right, and nobody wants to admit it because he is 
you know, a space cadet and his game management is obviously terrible. Yeah, his timeouts, his use of timeouts and challenges are by far the worst in the league. Have to be. If there was some sort of statistic tracker to grade timeout takes and challenge takes, he, I guarantee he'd be Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I think he's only had, like, one correct challenge in his coaching career here. Yeah. Or, I think after the Chargers game, it was one of nine now. Yeah. So, I mean, all year? Really? Come on, man. Yeah, that's terrible. And do you think he has somebody in the booth telling him? No, oh, hey, he said he did. He, uh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he outed him, uh, like, per- Three or four weeks ago, per usual. Yeah, he, he outed. He day. outed the guy. They asked him. I think it was D, uh, Darren McKee from one hundred four three The Fan. Yeah, I think he in the presser he asked him, "Hey, is somebody helping you with your challenges?" Or yeah, I yeah. think it was Darren McKee. Yeah, and Vic said he goes, "Yeah, I have so and so in the box," and yeah, they I, you know, I ask him before every challenge, you know, how's it looking? Basically, do we challenge this play? And either he's, one, just not taking the guy's advice and just going like, oh, I'm Vic and I'm going to do this. Or that guy really isn't doing his his job. job. I wouldn't necessarily say that Vic is the elephant in the room, and it's Pat Shermer. So do you see – I already know your answer, but I have to ask. Do you see any scenario where Pat Shermer returns as the Broncos' offensive coordinator next year? I do not. Me either. Even if even if Vic is retained, which is that we'll save that conversation for later. But yeah, Shermer's play calling this year is he can't call an offense. He could call plays for sure. Well, anybody anybody can can look and call plays. Pick you know plays off the sheet, and that's what he's doing. But he doesn't call plays where it's. A play that sets up another play that sets up another play, right. which is what Bronco fans are used to seeing when Mike Shanahan was here, when we had Kubiak and made the run for, Super you know, Bowl. for Super Bowl Fifty, and right. it's just not what we're used to seeing. I think a good word to describe it is that it's an anemic offense. No, oh, yeah, there's no core, there's no culture to it, there's no flow. He doesn't have a. We really didn't establish like anything, like what our offense is. You go look at the Chiefs who are playing today, and they're gonna throw the ball around the yard. Right. That's their identity. You go they've look al- at what, but they've also picked up a run game too. Oh yeah, you. But you go look at Tennessee. They're run heavy. They're gonna run the ball down your throat. Clearly, and play action, pass it. You go look at Indy. That's how. That's their same style there. Run right. the ball, play action. You go look at all these other teams, Lamar Jackson and those guys, you know, read option, RPO stuff. Buffalo. You know, Buffalo, same thing. All these teams that are in the playoffs, even the Chargers, you know, you look at the Chargers and then the Cincinnati, and there are other teams that are going to air the ball out. And they have an identity. They, when what's, what's Denver's right now? We don't have one. And you could blame it on so many other things that we're young still, that our offensive line isn't playing up to their potential, that. You know, Drew Locke's only got the one start, and he's not established. That Teddy was our quarterback, and that's why the checkdowns were there. But you go look at it. Our play design sucks. Okay, the routes don't match up with other route combinations. They, they don't make sense. Um, constantly calling plays that on third down and whatever, our receivers' routes aren't getting to the you know the yards to gain. Right. There's just there's a lot to it, and a lot of it comes down to coaching at the end. I mean, I think we have a lot of talented players, and I think George Payton has strengthened this 
roster to the best we've seen in, you know, two, three years. At least. So I don't think this coaching staff has anything where they can say that we don't have the talent to compete. I think it's there. And there's only one position where it lacks in our division, and that's at the quarterback spot. But this was also their choice. They wanted Teddy. They didn't really want to play Drew. And you know how I feel about Drew. You know how I feel about Teddy. And you know how I feel about that, too. And what's crazy is you can't even say that our run game was our identity. Because you look at the the Cincy game, Javante for 72, which in his standard you would think isn't a very good game. And then against the Chargers, Melvin for 43. And well, those then, were our two rushers or leading rushers for those games. You go to the Raiders game in between those two, and yeah, I think it was under fifty. Though for the team, yeah, it was. Uh, Melvin Gordon had negative yards rushing on the game. Yep, and I think Javante only netted seven. I think Drew Locke was our leading rusher. And what's what's crazy with those two games is Bengals. The score was fifteen to ten, and the Raiders. The score was 17 to 13. And our only touchdown was led by the Bradley Chubb interception where he took the ball down to the one yard line. Yeah. So the offense didn't have to do anything. That's a defensive touchdown in my eyes. For sure. And obviously it won't appear on the stat sheet is that because remember Javante literally walked no, yeah, he walked into in. the end zone. So I don't care if you're the Detroit Lions sitting at one whatever and whatever that they are, you know, the record. If you can't find a way to beat a team that only puts up 15 and 17 on you, there's an issue, and you need to go. And I think that's where the media is harsh on the Broncos' defense. And I know that everybody hates to say, like, oh, it's the scoring. The Broncos have the best, one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL when it comes to points. You know, they hold teams down below their average and what they normally score. And here in Denver media, like, they're... They don't like to say it because Vic is – that's where he is excelling. Like, he's still a head coach. Yeah, you have to give him credit where credit's due. Unfortunately, as much as it's a it's a gut check to say, you ha- you have to. There's- well, because you pair it with any other offense, and you're winning those games. Even if you're only getting field goals. You're- it's kind of like, you know, the listeners don't know that we've had some test episodes just between you and I, and we've shared them with a couple people. But it's kind of like when we played the Chiefs the last time, you, you brought up the good point of – Flip the quarterback situation between us and Kansas City and tell me who's better. Yeah, and you don't even have to go with, you know, a unicorn like Mahomes. You could even flop us with, you know, I'll take Jared Goff here and I think we'll be a playoff team. Yeah, for sure. I think if we take uh, who's injured now, a Jimmy G from San Fran and we're a playoff team. So we could even take, you know, go in our division. You take Derek Carr. I would take Derek Carr in a heartbeat. We truly, we'd be. I think we'd compete with the Chiefs. Yeah, bar none. Like no contest. I think we'd be up there with the Chiefs. Yeah, we'd because run Derek Carr's stuck in in an organization where it's they're falling apart. Led. Yeah, so, so there's just a lot, and I don't want to put it all in the quarterback position either. But a lot of it comes down to offense and play calling, and then. But you do have to put a good chunk of the blame on the quarterback position you have no choice but to and this, unfortunately they also the coaches picked who they wanted right. i remember the whole 50 50 all you know all off season all camp yeah 50 50 battle this and that so. so okay well i think we both agree that it's safe to say that Shermer is gone mcmahon is gone 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you can really rule Vic Fangio out. I I would like to see him gone. I would like to get a younger offensive-minded coach in here, you know, kind of go with the trend of the league because that seems to be what's successful for the most part. And I have enough confidence in George Payton that he's setting up the last five of his six that he has here. So we'll see where yeah, it yeah. goes. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to talking a lot more offseason in the show as the, sure. as the year goes on because there's a lot going on yeah. owner wise and there, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot going on for Bronco country. Yeah. Just different, you know, yeah. not really accustomed to what we're used to. Cause even in the last five years where we've been below average, nothing really crazy. It's happened. I mean, we've had some big quarterback signings. I guess you could put big in quotation marks, but case Keenum, Joe Flacco, you know, but yeah. Bunch of so, retread guys. Yeah. Moving on. On to the quarterback. What did you think of Drew's play? We'll go all in all, just not over the Chargers game, but, the, you know, the Raiders game. I the Chargers. So this is where it gets weird because on our practice episodes, you know, I was a big Drew Locke advocate, and I'll admit that. And I, I actually put it to bed, and it's on record on my computer, mm-hmm. you know. so So it's hard for me to... It's hard for me to root for the guy, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. because I already dug my grave and put my opinion out there of what I think. Mm-hmm. But it's also hard for me to not root for the kid because it, if we're being honest, me putting it to bed or not, I think everybody thinks that he really got screwed over in the 50-50 battle. Yeah, I think he played good all preseason. It was exactly what you would wanted to see from Drew. But I think the, the coaches kind of had their minds made up when they were going into it. They wanted the veteran guy, the experienced. Right. Um, the guy that's not going to make a lot of turnovers. Um, and that could be one of the arguments people have against Drew. Like, the Drew now is, you know, he's not turning the ball over, which is right. good. I mean, he yeah. did have that costly one against Cincy that lost you the game, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I think I, you just see a, you see a young guy that when they changed... OCs from Scagarello to Shermer. It's a whole different scheme. It hurt his. It really hurt his development. Yeah, for sure. He was excelling in that you know Shanahan style offense, the West, the West Coast offense. And when they made the switch, you know, you go to straight three wide. You're not necessarily under the center as much. And did you say Drew had a turnover against Cincy? Yeah, it was a read option. Oh yeah yeah okay when. Every, they went back and forth, basically. Yeah, it was the read option. Yeah, yeah. He okay, pulled okay, okay, it. Okay. He really yeah. should have gave it to Javante, and yep, Javante yep, yep, probably yep. would have walked into yep. the end zone. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, Throwing a little shot there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know how I feel about Drew. But there's always that... I always want that sense where he proves me wrong. Right. You know? And I, and I think, for me, the reason I was such an advocate for him for so long is because what I noticed that a lot of... People like on ESPN and you know Fox and whatever. When it's when it's draft time, nobody they talk about where they played, but they don't talk about really who they played against. You yeah. know, you draft a guy out of Bama, and I mean, don't they play like Kent State every year? And they blow play, them out they play sixty-seven teams, to zero. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, what brought me the most hope for Drew was the fact that he played in the SEC and, and he knows tough. what winning football looks like, and that's what. I think kept my grasp for so long. But going back to your question and how did I think he played 
for the last few games. Unfortunately, I think you have to put average at best. Truly. No, no, yeah, we're still not putting up points. No, if if we were putting up points and you know we were two and zero in the last three and had something to play for today, we'd have a totally different conversation. Probably even all the way up to the coaching staff. Unfortunately, well, you even have the you know you throw the the Raiders game was a perfect opportunity for him because our run game was getting stopped. And you had to throw the ball. You had to throw the ball, and that's what he wants to show people: is I can, I can throw the ball, pretty damn good. And he was only fifteen of twenty-two for one fifty-three. Yeah. So. Which is weird because he was the third highest-rated quarterback that week. Yeah, pro football focus. Which, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. Which you I don't can't. Agree with. You yeah. can't. Jo- no, that pro- was the. There's no way Drew Locke is close to Joe Burrow that week because that's the week Joe Burrow threw for. Damn near 500 yards passing. Oh, it was over. I so, it was like 508, I think. You you just can't. Yeah, that don't make sense. I get what they're doing. And you go look at like uh, the passer rating, you know, the stats, and his passer rating stats are up there. But then you go look at the QBR. There, it, there's a big difference between passer rating and, and the quarterback actual rating. quarterback yes. rating. Because quarterback um, rating grades you based off of points scored, basically decisions made. We'll, we'll go straight into last week, just for the Chargers game. Drew's passer rating was 116, I believe. Which his, is, I think it was his career high, correct? Something like that, yeah. But his QBR, 18.7. And that's based off of a 100-point scale as well, right? I believe so. So, he needs... I don't think he's going to work here. I wish him luck today. For sure. You know, Wherever put, he goes. Put good film out there, but... I, I don't see either one of these quarterbacks being on the roster next year. Yeah, for sure. Which, like we said earlier, brings up an interesting offseason. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, Joe Burrow, the week that Drew was third Five. in rating. 525, 37 for 46, and four touchdowns. Yeah. So, there's a big difference, you know? And I even think you look at Josh Allen's game that year, or that week too, it was... He had quite the game as well. Yeah. So. What do you, uh, I don't want to harp on the Broncos for too long here. We'll get into the Nuggets and the Avs, but the defense. Let's just put it into perspective for the last few, Cincy, Vegas, and L.A. So the thing about this defense was, you know, you look at the Cincy game, and everybody's going to say, oh, they didn't have, they didn't force any turnovers that game, right? But they also kept, they held Cincy to 15. 15. They did have the miscommunication that led to the T. Higgins touchdown. Which, unfortunately, was right after we took the lead. Right after we took the lead. I think it was, it was two plays later. Two or three plays later. Um, great play design by Cincy. He just got lost running you know, a little wheel route across the formation. And it was Justin Simmons, correct? I Kareem Jackson. So. It was Kareem? Yeah. Okay. Justin was... Kareem stepped up. And T. Higgins just leaked behind him. And where it looks bad for Justin Simmons is he's the only guy that was there to try to make a tackle. Yeah. But and that's one of the hardest tackles to make. You know, you got so many. You just got all the open area. This guy can clearly just, if he wants to run around you, with the speed in the NFL, you know, he's going to be able to run around you. And that's what he did. Um, I think. But you can't, oh, you can't ask from for too much more from this defense. They're holding I- it down. 
then you go look at a Raiders game where the turnovers were there. Yeah. You know? So three, right? Something. Three. Yeah. We yeah, won three. the turnover battle. We we're plus three. And your offense can't do anything. Yeah. Right. So and it's I know we're coming back to I mean, the offense, but Yeah, and we're lit- <laughs> it's literally leaving us speechless. So you, there's not much you can say. This defense is playing good. Uh they did have a couple of Pro Bowl snubs in my opinion on this defense. Yeah, they're alternates, you know, with Justin Simmons and uh Patrick Sertan. But they're playing pretty damn good, for my opinion, especially after trading Von Miller. I agree. Um, you're seeing the improvement from a Bradley Chubb where people were like, oh, he's so injury prone. He's Is he going to be able to stay healthy? Then his first couple games back, they're like, oh, he's not doing anything. He's a bust. Then he has the interception play. I mean, he still hasn't recorded a sack, but the pressures are there. Yeah, and you, the eye test tells you everything, you know. I don't really know how the NFL goes about grading quarterback hits and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. the eye test tells you it's there. Yeah. All right. I mean, all it's going to loop back to is the offense. It's a frustrated defense because an offense can't score points and yeah. keep them in games. So. Well, there was a key term that you used there that kind of caught my eye, and it was snub. So speaking of snubs, let's talk about the Nuggets and how Jokic could possibly get snubbed this year. Maybe. God, that, that's a conversation for later, but... This man is the Nuggets in general. I mean, you go look at their last four from the last week. Yeah, it's two and two. They also had the COVID bug. You know, you were starting Faku and Austin Rivers at your guards. Austin Rivers has been pretty disappointing this season, if you ask me. Which we talked about on the practice episodes. Because that was, I think we agreed that was our benchmark, you know. You signed him for a reason. No, yeah, he he played good minutes last year for you when Jamal went down. And... His production just hasn't been there. Faku really stepped it up this past during this four game stretch. You see yeah, him really faci- facilitating. He had a couple uh, highlight assists. Yeah, he had a. It's almost like his name wasn't involved in every game. You know. No. Yeah. The stuff you see on social media or you know wherever you see it, it's yeah. It's almost like he wasn't not involved somewhere. Yeah. So they had a game in Houston where you know dad pun Houston we have a problem. They couldn't do anything. Houston no. couldn't, and people people need to get used to the dad puns. Yeah. by the way, it's, uh, called, all, it's called all pro dads for a reason. So, so, yeah, Jokic and those guys are doing whatever they wanted. Then they had Dallas. There's another shorthanded game there. I mean, they're running without Malone, and those are games where you would wish you would have your coach. Dallas and Utah, your two losses. You wish you would have a head coach but against a Dallas team who's heating up finally. No, yeah, and looking like their their true Dallas self these last few games. So. You can't really knock that as well. And same with the Utah team, who's pretty much healthy. I mean, they were missing Gobert, but you can't, like... You, your head coach in those games, where these are playoff contenders, and, you know, maybe a substitution or a timeout here, you know, a different play call because they run the plays. The having having Malone, yeah, the little stuff probably plays a different impact in those games. Do you think it does, though, because that was a big loss? To Utah? or yes. Dallas. Dallas. Four, Dallas. They lost by 14. So Yeah, I think the coach you even go look at the Utah or the Utah game like they're there, they're in it, but they're not at the same time. Yeah. Cuz okay. because of the score. Okay. And then you look at a game last night where the Nuggets pretty much I mean, I don't want to say completely healthy like, you know, Draymond Green is dishing out right now on social media about when they canceled that game. <laughs> um 
because you're still without Jamal Murray and MPJ. I hate the NBA. <laughs> but. Divas. Yeah, definitely. Without, you look at games, the game last night and. You're missing two of your big three, to, to your point. So you're not healthy. No. I don't, as much as these teams say, like, yeah, you're health, the Nuggets are healthy. You know, they're getting guys back from COVID, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you're not. Okay. You, these these guys that are starting now in Jamal Murray and, you know, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, whoever they want to start as, the, you know, in place of MPJ. Right. They're not putting up MPJ numbers. And, yeah, he was having a down start to the year. But if you go look at back at his last year's statistics, the dude was lights out from three. Ninth in the league with shooting 44% from behind the arc. So... MPJ. Yeah, MPJ, which is a big miss. You know, you take that out, and there's points there that you're missing. Jamal Murray is 20 points a night, so there's points there you're missing. So, Yeah, and I was a big, you know, I'll admit it, I was a very big critic of MPJ. MPJ. And I think the reason he was struggling so much this year was because of the back issue, you know? No, yeah, we're going through some back pain now, and we can... Yeah, I'm feeling it, man. Yeah, I'm, it's you know, painful. My chairs. You can kind now, of can you imagine maybe. going out and playing thirty minutes in a no. professional on a hard way, running up and down the court, <laughs> yeah, trying to stop a guy who's you know six eight to get to the rim. So hopefully the obviously the surgery 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 was was a success. Well. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully he can get back to him true self. There's a potential, maybe that he returns this year. But I think if the Nuggets were smart... They'll just keep him out. Right. So You're getting... Um, you know... You see the progress in a Jamal Murray and him posting his, you know, his bounce on IG, which was... Looked pretty good. It gave me a little bit of a... I think he's... Like a, he's like just a about ready, but I think they're going to wait till you know, after the All-Star break. For sure. You don't want to rush it back. You are sitting sixth in the West right now, middle which of the is, pack. Which at eighteen and eighteen, it's pretty pretty goddamn good. So. Nineteen and eighteen after last night. Correct. Okay, yeah. my bad. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you're in the thick of it. You, you're only, what is that? Thirty seven games. Yeah. yeah. So you're a and little I think, under I think, the halfway mark, and there's always the home stretch where you can catch fire at the right time, get guys back at the right time. There's also where you can hit a wall at the wrong time. Well, and out of teams that are in the playoff hunt right now, or like in the, you know, that are considered in the playoffs at this mark, the Nuggets have the most home games remaining on the season out of those teams with 26. Which is good because we play very well at home. No, yeah, the altitude plays an advantage. The home court advantage for the Nuggets is really huge. It's very real. No, yeah. That's what you can say. It's real. Because a lot of teams are not used to that altitude when they get here. You know? Yeah. And going back to Jamal real quick, you know, he posted that Instagram update of him doing mm-hmm. a windmill and he looked good. No, yeah. He tore he his really ACL good. April twelfth, which he probably shouldn't have even been in the game anyway. We can get into that if we wanted to, but we won't. So almost a year. But what scares me is the fact that it's an ACL. Yeah, you don't know how he's gonna return off of it. I mean look at game. Cortland Sutton. Yeah, you know he's still he, getting used to it. I I think he's back at a hundred percent now, but I don't think he was at a hundred percent until at least the midway point. Yeah, of I the think NFL where season. where you worry 
where NFL players are a little more cautious is you yeah. do have guys diving at your knees, making tackles. How you plant? Yeah, the plant's a little harder. Basket. I yeah. mean, you. I mean, you played football. How how is a plant with cleats on grass or turf versus on a hardwood court? It was just so unpredictable, especially weather. You know, depending like if the grass is wet, like you know you're gonna slide. Right. You know, I'm pretty sure in the NBA, those courts are probably cleaner than anything. You know. But I'm but I'm saying like how like how does it physically feel? Like is uh, it, it's is like it a you could feel yeah it's or? completely different. Then. It's just like running like on a hard surface. That's all it is. Like you compare running on a hard surface to just the ground. You can feel when you step on the grass. It's gonna you know give a little. Mm-hmm. So and that's what the majority play on in the NFL is the grass field. I mean, there is some turf, but right. not too much. But your cuts are, you know, playing wide receiver. It's you got to get in and out of your break faster. You know, you and you're gonna go from a running full speed to a ninety, you know, to a hard stop and plant and get out of it. And you don't really see that in the NBA. I mean, you're running off of screens, you're doing little jukes and stuff, but nothing like what they're asking Cortland Sutton to do. Yeah. So maybe, maybe the uh, the little update we got from Jamal himself is a good sign of things to come and and i think with the nba too is you can play the little pick and roll games where he's not putting too much stress on his knee to get around he's not trying to go dunk in traffic he's yeah you know yeah Jokic sits sets the screen rolls to the basket and jamal just drifts off to the three you know so, something like that or vice versa and no it's yeah a give and go situation and jamal dishes it back to him or kicks it out yeah so there's there's ways around i mean putting stress on his knee and, and I, I think malone is a smart enough coach to where he can draw stuff up for to where Jamal he, yeah to be successful i guess you can call it in his rehab assignment or even if you i don't think it would really be i mean rehab, you could even though. i would even say clear the paint and just go one-on-one game with jamal and just make sure there's no other people no nobody else there and let jamal situation. do his thing yeah but i think if you look at a game last night against sacramento that's exactly what you're looking forward to. And if you can add a healthy Jamal Murray to that. The Nuggets had 70 points in the paint That's last great. night. Yeah. And there was no contest at all from Sacramento. I know it's Sacramento, you know. And the scoreboard really does say it honestly was a little more of a contest than what it was because it was only a 10-point no, yeah, win. And I think they had a 30-point lead. lead at one point in time. Yeah. You know, the Nuggets are still trying to get used to playing with Jokic on the bench and I think it's it's big it's a place where even with a Jamal Murray back who may not be a fully healthy Jamal but it'll give him that extra veteran presence on the court when Jokic is out taking a breather it's not even the extra veteran presence it's a score yeah Yeah. you get an all-star back on the court you know it's not like we're missing you know not to knock him but we're not missing Austin Rivers yeah we're missing a part of our big three. Yeah. You know? I mean, sure. look at... I don't even want to... I hate using this example. But, I mean, you know, Anthony Davis has been out for the Lakers, and mm-hmm. that's a part of their big three, you know? So, yeah. it, actually it happens. Better. No, that's... And that's why I said I hated using the example, but... Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big three guy out. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine if Chris Bosh got hurt for... I think the level... A whole year in Miami. I think you know? the level we're looking at now is... And, you know, I'll probably get backlash from NBA fans about this, but this is around the same, like, the level of impact that Jamal has tearing his ACL is the same level Derrick Rose had when he tore his ACL in Chicago. 
Do you think Jamal Murray was playing at an MVP level? No, but I'm just saying the. I don't think you I'm can saying use the. That Im- I'm saying the impact you have on the team. Okay. Okay. Because okay, okay. Chicago went drastically downhill. Oh yeah, for sure. Where the Nuggets have a fallback is Jamal wasn't the MVP. You know. Yeah. Is Jokic is your MVP? Jamal is you know the Robin to the Batman. So yeah, he's the number two. He's your number two guy. Yeah. But he's a pretty damn good number two guy and if he goes to a middle of a pack team or a lesser team he's he's the one you know you're gonna go to jamal for everything yeah for sure and it's what the nuggets were doing before Jokic started to do go on his little rampage he's he's going on he's a oh my god don't even get me started but i mean get me started but but jamal is a a number two or a one yeah you know last year Jokic played all 82 but if mm-hmm. you know Jamal was there, you'd probably give him at least probably a game or two out of the year. You oh yeah, just, you'd be able to rest him. Yeah, take a breather, you know. And but that's when Jamal steps in as the one, mm-hmm. and that's how versatile those two are. Oh yeah, and it's almost like a counterbalance. You see, I don't want to say when Jokic has a bad night, Jamal has a good one, or vice versa, because it doesn't always happen that way. But the potential for that to happen is through the roof. Which is no, yeah, which is really a good, good sign. Yeah, should we move on to our next? Yeah, the two partners, the hottest team in Colorado right now. At least, shit, you could <laughs> argue the damn country. You got the Avs. They're twenty-eight and two on the season, with forty-two points, sitting fifth in the West. Which, when we were kind of talking through our practice episodes, you know, we were like, should we be worried? Should we not? You know, what what do we do here? So yeah, we were. That was when they were going through their rough patch. You know, they were. They had the COVID bug. They had no. That was that was. Before oh, this was COVID before. Bug. This was the injury bug when they were. Yeah. Going through all that, they had the COVID bug, and it um, was the criticism of everybody. Yeah, everybody was down because they were. The they were not <laughs> up to expectation. No, they at were, all. They were and based off their expectation, they were playing mm-hmm. terrible yeah. hockey. I mean, they obviously were still winning games here and there, but. And I'm pretty sure they were above 500 the whole time, but it's not the avalanche that we're that we're accustomed yeah, to see. For sure. And I think if you look at the Avs in their last 10 games, those are the Avs we're used to. Yeah. You know, 8-1-1 one, and one in the last 10. And then in their last three coming off the COVID break, which was, what, two weeks off? Yeah, and let's kind of talk about that a little bit. Coming off the COVID break, you got two weeks of downtime, which... It- you saw it in the first game back against Anaheim where they were rusty. And it was a 17-day break. And sometimes you can, you know, for the most part, you know, bye weeks or all-star breaks or whatever yeah. can benefit people a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was my biggest concern was, holy shit, this is going to be a 17-day break. And it was only supposed to be it was only like 14 or 15. And then the well, initial game yeah. against Vegas got postponed again. Mm-hmm. Because the the COVID bug hit the entire NHL. Yeah, so they so, shut down pretty much everything for a so holiday break. What did you agree with the shutdown? I did. I mean, I did. It makes I don't. It makes sense. I understand why you're doing it. I mean, you're not having competitive hockey when you're having to call call up half a team. Pretty much, you know. The only thing that I didn't like was it wasn't the whole league. But it I was mean, just certain teams. Whatever. Yeah, but whatever you know. So. And I think this is gonna. It'll end up benefiting the Avs in the end because right now they're fifth in the West, but they've also played from teams that are ahead of them. They've played five to I think the most team one team had was seven games more played than and the we're Avs. Only behind by like 
what the Avs have only played points from first place. The Avs have only played 30, 30 games, so it's going to benefit them in the long run, I think. But you definitely look at a team that really hasn't missed a beat from the time they came back. Yeah, and like I said, we're only five points out of first place from Vegas, who's played yeah. 30, 37 games. Yeah, so we're seven games back. Thirty. We played, played thirty. Yeah, that's a gigantic skew in what can happen. You know, come anything, off, yeah. Crunch time, and the amount of ways that the Avs are winning. I mean, you have the oh, the overtime win against Chicago, coming off of the Ama- the Anaheim one where you came back and won in An- against Anaheim. Yeah, and then and you have the Chicago where. Let's start off with that with that Anaheim game real quick, or no, go ahead. Well, then you have the Chicago game where you go and win a overtime, and we're talking about this. You know, you get to overtime, and we're like, oh, you just on the, on the road. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, well, we got the point. And then you go win that one, so it's like, okay. We got the extra point. We got the extra point, so really good now. Yeah. And then exactly. you go and play Winnipeg here, and you and can... route them. Yeah. You completely, like, keep them to the runway. The Jets can never take off. Stuff like that. <laughs> I, I was going to say, what's the? where's the dad put at? Let's, let's throw it in there. Oh. Yeah. No, I mean... 7-1 to one in that game, and that's the abs you're looking at and other people are going to say well the abs aren't they're playing good but their best player is not playing all that special this year so <laughs> he's not scoring goals man so I'm, I'm not too confident but then you have guys like McCarr probably you know scoring the goal of the year against Chicago and da- Danny if you're if you're listening to this <laughs> love you bud right. um, <laughs> this team is playing at an unbelievable level for the team and if yeah if we don't have anybody win the mvp there's you it doesn't matter you're throwing shots at dan (laughs) you know this is a team sport (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really matter (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say you have so many guys stepping up okay you got six guys on the roster with double digit goals that leads the nhl by the way right and another statistic we also Lead the NHL in goals from our defensemen with 33. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, like you said, it's it's team hockey and and if if they can if they can figure out the defensive end of it and stop allowing so so many goals, which really doesn't. Okay, you brought up a good point. So let me cut you off. There's I would have to pull it up and I would have to do a lot of data capture mm-hmm. on it. There's a chart that the NHL releases after every game. And basically, in the games against Anaheim, Chicago, and Winnipeg, hmm. which we won those games, Winnipeg was 7-1, Chicago was 3-2, and Anaheim was 3-2 as well. Mm-hmm. In those games, it's a, it's a chart that they come up with, and it's almost like a... How do I explain it? It's basically how good of quality scoring chances did those teams have so even like if this isn't a real stat but yeah. say say Anaheim for the whole game only had 10 shots on goal but 9 of those were quality chances mm-hmm. versus say Chicago threw 50 on net and 10 of them were quality chances you know no, yeah, so the there's, percentages. there's a di- and and you said once we figured the defensive part out which people will say oh well, we're playing great defense we're winning games no, Kemper is winning you you games, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I, I shouldn't say unfortunately, but that's the fact of the matter. 
And when you when you bring up the point of figure the defensive thing out, sure, our defensemen are scoring goals and leading the NHL and so yeah. so so on and so forth. But it, it's kind of like you said earlier too. The Anaheim game, they were rusty, mm-hmm. and I mean shit. For that first period, first period and a half, that had to have been one of the slowest skating starts I've ever seen this Avalanche team get off to. You and know? that's one thing they're praised on is their speed, right, on the ice. And, and it's not even, but I'm, and I, I mean, I'm talking about the literal speed. Yeah. But I'm, the effort, it just wasn't there. No, and it was just, which you know, you could just tell kick, it was kick, your kick the rust off. It's okay. But <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I think that's any of us getting back to work. I mean, you get a long, long break. You know, you get a four day weekend. And you go back to work that first day, back from that four-day break, and you're like, damn, I really wish I was at home just sitting around. No, for sure. <laughs> but but my point being is we've seen, especially when goals are given up, which it's the NHL. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of the hardest professional sports to score a point or, you know, to, to get to achieve your goal, yeah. basically. And my, my only critique is that when we see these other teams score, it's because of lackadaisical. I got you. Lackadaisical defense and a lackadaisical forecheck in the defensive end. You know, we let these teams get deep. We let them get in their mm-hmm. zone. We let them set up what they have to, and they control that top in their offensive zone. Yeah. Which, like I said, it's the it's the NHL, and I mean Jesus, I'm no fuck. Look at me, you know, all pro dads. It's a dad bod here. <laughs> I'm I'm no prime athlete, but I I do have to critique, you know. Yeah. It's part of why we're doing this show. So that's that's my only issue and I'm not worried about it too much. You you brought up a really good point by saying figure the defensive side of it out. So And I would just say look at the Winnipeg game and when you play strong defense and it is Winnipeg, but when you look at that game, you scored seven goals and you only allowed one. You can't even really say so, but it's but it's Winnipeg because, I mean, they're one game under five hundred, but they're they've always been a decent hockey team since yeah, you know, true. the league threw them in there. So I think that's a game just where it shows when you have strong defense with the scoring that the Avs have, you know, you're dominant. Nobody can touch you. And I'm going to contradict myself here because I just said you can't really count them out. You know, they're five hundred, blah blah. Mm-hmm. But it's also one of those games where. You're, you're expecting the it. Exactly. You're yeah. the Avalanche. They're Winnipeg, so go beat their ass. Yeah, and basically. that's what they did. They It was no contest for sure. Yeah, and it was a good week for the Avs, and they they have everybody back. Which is where COVID probably helped them. Right. The layoff was, was decent because a majority of the guys that were out were from COVID, so it, it truly did just help us. I mean, you had Logan O'Connor. COVID, Miko, COVID, Franco. Even though he's your backup, he's a very solid backup. And mm-hmm. you know, if, God forbid, if Kemper would have got hurt, it, that's a big shoe to fill. Well, Franco, COVID, Kadri, COVID, McDermott, COVID, and then we had Byron with the head injury, huh. and everybody was activated during that COVID break. Besides McDermott, because I think he caught it a little bit after everybody else on the team did, but. Everybody played on the second against Anaheim, and it was good to see everybody back. You know, uh-huh. so we're getting healthy at the right time before the All Star break because we're going to get another break with the All Star break yep. in, here in February. So I think you just close out January as best you can. Yep, stay our, strong. Our, 
yeah, on our practice episodes, we've always preached, especially with the Avalanche, get out alive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the motto. So, yeah, it, it was a good three games. I mean, Landy had the hat trick against Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Kadri is staying hot against Anaheim. He had an assist, you know, so another point. Chicago, what was really good to see was Eric Johnson taking a step up in his game. He he scored one of the go-aheads. Mm-hmm. He scored with 12 left in the first, you know, and then he ended up scoring another one in that game. And he only has five on the year, so he got two of them in one game. And I think EJ is more there for, like, the veteran presence, you know, the the physical guy. I've been here for a while. And I don't want to say he plays his game out of the avalanche style, but he plays his game and just kind of goes with the flow almost, you yep. know? He's not the fastest guy on the ice, that's for damn sure. He's not the most dangerous mm-hmm. when it comes to goal scoring, but he's a goddamn good defender. Yeah. And he's going to go out there and give it 100% every day. And, I mean, look, without his two ticks in that Chicago game, we probably don't win it. And, and we I get think stoned by Flurry again. So. Having guys like that on your roster just shows the, the depth that they have. The depth on this roster, I don't want to harp on the Broncos or the Nuggets. Yeah. This is how you want to have a roster constructed. Yeah. Based on depth. So, yeah, and I think that was the best the best way to put it. You know, mm-hmm. the depth. And you ha- you like you said earlier, you have guys, once again, <laughs> shout out to Danny. <laughs> you, but it's true, you know. You have guys stepping up. To where your number one doesn't have to carry the load. He can be more of a facilitator. It's not even the fact that he can be a facilitator. It's the fact that he can just go step on the ice. And just play. And just play. People still have to defend him because he he will score goals. And he will make you look stupid. But when you have Miko, Landy, Kadri, Makar, Taze. I mean, Sam, Sam Gerrard's getting a lot of criticism from a lot of fans, but... One, he's cheap. Two, mm-hmm. he's young. Three, he stays healthy. You know, he he does get lazy on the defensive end and yada, yada. So you can make the debate for both cases, but you have guys just all around, you know? Mm-hmm. And you have a coach in Bednar who truly, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Oh, yeah. So That's exactly why he got his extension. And- exactly. And he got an extension when he was supposedly on some sort of hot seat. Yeah, because they know? were off to a... a you know, little rocky start there. Yeah, and it was even like that before the game or before the season. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand we haven't got to the cup. There, there's factors in that. Mm-hmm. All right, with the way we're playing now, and I know we say this every year, but this one, this one feels like it though. It feels we're not different. just out yeah. there talking like, oh, we're the favorite, so we should win. This is you're you're seeing it on the ice that they're the best team in the NHL in the NHL by far. Right, and I agree. Well, that was a good recap of mm-hmm. uh, the local sports scene here. So, with that, we would like to bring you a little segment of ours that you will hear every week on this show. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. This is... Our weekly MVP. I'm going to be honest with you. I I have one in mind, but it's kind of a, a lazy choice. 
on my part. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I could go with another guy. But oh, let's on. let's define MVP real fast before we make our just someone our that's being uh, pretty impactful to the team. The We're, most valuable yeah. player. Yeah, for right? sure. So, like you said, the most impactful. Wow. Do I want to? Do I want to? I'm gonna let you kick it off. You want me to go? Yeah, and and then I think I'm gonna. I think mine is pretty. Cho- I'm not gonna make my choice based on yours. But Mine I is think pretty. We're going on the same track. Pretty here. obvious. Uh, Nikolai Jokic still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so I'll, I'll be honest. I was gonna go with Kale. Yeah. Just because of the goal. I've never seen a goal like yeah. that, man. So, but <laughs> the Nuggets were two and two. So what? I mean, this guy is going on a tear, an absolute tear. So take it away. So I mean, looking at Jokic on the season, we'll throw those out there. He's averaging. 25 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, and his player efficiency rating is 32.28, which is first in the NBA. Can you throw a little context into that context into that set for the listener? So the player efficiency rating is just how efficient this person is when they're in the game. As far as production. Yeah, correct? production, you know, not making turnovers, fouls, um, stuff like that. You also go down to just his January stats for Jokic. And I actually have him right here. He's averaging right. 25 points, 16 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1 block a game. After last night, his January got bumped up to 27 and a half. Yeah, so... <laughs> what more do you want? He leads the Nuggets in all st- statistical categories. Points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. And then player efficiency. He's also 7 foot. And plays his own game, you know. And Marcus... Morris's words, he's a 300-pound fat boy. Yeah, well... He's also a 300-pound fat boy who's the league MVP, should be back-to-back MVP. So and took that shit from your mama. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you on, on the weekly. Like I said, I wanted to go with KO because of the goal, but I, I can't. It was, I mean, that it was could definitely goal. be the play of the week for sure, the play of the year. I mean, maybe that's maybe that's something we'll throw in. Yeah, play of the week, play of the year, but that was definitely it. I yeah. mean, but Nicola, I mean, you take him out of the Nuggets roster, and they're probably a bottom of the barrel NBA team. Their lottery team. Yeah, which it's his impact is just unbelievable. So now that we're on our MVP, and we're talking about the reigning MVP, do you think he gets snubbed for MVP? It's hard to say. I just don't really know how the how these voters in the NBA work and base theirs off of. Well, we do. I mean, uh, he it, won it last year, and we had national media members upset. literally saying he was the most embarrassing MVP yeah. that the league has had. And it just doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, he's not high-flying, you know, getting dunks, but he's a f- fundamental player that just plays his style of basketball. And it's just, it's not flashy. I mean, he's clunky. He's awkward. He's, you know, it's just not what the NBA wants their image to be. No, not at all. So I think I, c- I could see him getting snubbed. But also, if you look at the player efficiency rating, you look at just the impact he has on the team. I think if he could get the Nuggets into a one through four seed, there's no doubt about it that he should win back to back. So you think that that's a, that's a potential scenario, which I agree with. I agree with that. But I think with the MVP award honestly being a very 
almost like a popularity contest, you know, yeah. kind of like all-star voting and stuff. I I don't see him winning it. As much as I well, yeah, 100% you look at, you think look at he the, agrees and deserves to win it, I don't think he does. Yeah, because you look at the players in front of him, it's Steph, it's Giannis, it's Kevin Durant, and then Jokic is fourth right now. Which, going back to your point, it's what the NBA wants their image to be. Yeah, so, so you know, Steph clearly just broke the threes record. I mean, is he playing better than Jokic? Not right now. No. He's playing absolutely, like, Steph Curry standards. He's playing terrible, you know? Yeah. He's playing like, you know, Nick Young. You look at you Kevin know. Durant. And Nick Young had the yeah, had the three where he can't hit nothing and, and threw yeah. his hands up. And, and that is, that's Steph now. <laughs> I mean, and then you look at Kevin Durant, and they just lost to a team where, last night, where they should have won. That Brooklyn team is so, it's almost like, like you look at at the Brooklyn logo, like on your ESPN app on your phone yeah. or something, and it's almost like toxic. Like you get oh, a toxic yeah, energy you're like, from from Brooklyn. Like why aren't you better? It, exactly, and it's like you have who on your team? You mm-hmm. just got Kyrie back, and yeah, he's probably rusty. Wait, that and, and the game that they got Kyrie back, they won. Yeah, but I told you they were also down by what sixteen at one point. Yeah, and. You got James Harden, and maybe the defense isn't there, but I think that's why Jokic is a better better than Kevin Durant in the MVP voting because he don't have right now somebody to rely on. He's more deserving. Yes, and then you go to a guy like Giannis, and I think that's the only other guy that's you can say is, you know, maybe he should get MVP. Yeah, but has Giannis really had the year no, and the highlight? I mean, I, I'm he, not even. He's trying, having a, not, a pedestrian Giannis year. I'm not on Giannis standards. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not even trying to sound. What's the word I'm looking for? Like uninvolved or dumb? But he's just. I forgot Giannis even existed. Yeah, this year he's truly yeah. Like because you know you don't see the the NBA on Instagram, the Sports Center on Instagram, you know the social media stuff. Oh, look at this Giannis. It's dunk. another. I forgot that he was even in that debate for a split second. And the only reason he is is because, well, I mean, he's a great NBA player. I'm not going to knock that. But of the finals win last year and him previously winning MVPs, it's a clear thing in the NBA that previous MVPs have a very heavy favorite going into the end of the year, whether they had an on or off year. So, And I think with the NBA, if it does come down to a Giannis and Jokic, it's definitely what they don't want to because it's another two foreign NBA players that are up for the NBA MVP. And it's probably a scenario where Jokic wins it. So, Which you can't knock it. The stats are there to support it. I mean... No, he's the, he's the best thing <laughs> in the NBA and he's arguably one of the best players in the NBA. So, good talk. Mm-hmm. I like it. Well, on that note, I know we kind of broke off from the abs real quick, but it's time to get into the part of the show where we preview the upcoming week for all the teams and see what we want to get out of them and call it good, yeah? Yep. So, the Avalanche, they got Toronto. Good hockey team, which is today. Mm-hmm. Not sure what time they play, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's today. Seattle, if we don't win that game... It should look like Winnipeg. I'm going to be furious. It, blowout wins in the NHL are very rare. You know, the 7-1. Yeah. to one. So, it could very well... It should be, though. The Kraken like, are that bad. Yeah. And, oh, let me throw out a little stat for you, by the way. Going back to that Winnipeg game, real quick. We've played 30 games. 
the Avalanche have scored seven or more goals in seven of those games. Jesus. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because they are leading the league in goals per game with four. Yeah. So, but seven goals in a in a hockey game. Yeah, that's pretty insane. But that just granted, like, I'm sure you know there a couple of them were some empty netters, but I don't give a shit. The goal's you're up, a goal. You're up right? six something at some point. Yeah. You know. So, and then we got Nashville. N- Nashville. 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 You know how I fucking feel about Nashville. Yeah. Well, and then the last. This is a game against Nashville where. It has to be a bounce back from the last time you played them, but it's going to be different because that was when the COVID bug initially hit. Yeah. Was going into that Nashville game. And we're on the road for that one. Toronto and Seattle are at home, which, man, I wish I could just, because I'm going to the Bronco game today. Mm-hmm. I wish Rather I go could to the say, Avs. Fuck yeah. yeah. I would love to go see Toronto in person. That's such a, that's such an entertaining hockey team to well, watch. That's a, that's a matchup today where it's going to be... You know, that's future Stanley Cup, like... Potential. Yeah, it's it's that level of game, and you're going to feel it there. Granted, Toronto is kind of known for choking very yeah. hard mm-hmm. in the playoffs, but that's okay. And then after Nashville, you have the Coyotes on the road. Little little homecoming game for, for Darcy, and maybe see what you can get, but they're 7-22-3. and three. Garbage. So just running through it real quick. I think, like I said earlier, the the get out alive mentality is huge for this team. Yes, sir. And with these four games, I'm looking at them on paper right now. I'm going to hold this team to a very high expectation. And I, I want to see 4-0 by the time we record next week. So let's see. Arizona's on the 14th. Today's the 8th. Pull up this little handy-dandy calendar here if I can find my mouse, which is next Friday, which is mm-hmm. potentially a recording day, right? Yeah. We, might, we might record Friday night. Mm-hmm. So we might be giving some live updates from that Arizona game. We'll see. So by the time we record next week, at least 3-0 with a potential 3-0 with a live update from us. So yeah. Live, live for us, not for our audience. Actually. Maybe. Maybe, we'll because we do have our Twitch set up. We're getting off track here, but whatever. We we have this our Twitch. The first episode, too. So. Yeah, for sure. All pro dads. And that is something that you and I agreed on, is that we would like to do a raw episode live, and then we'll go back in and edit and throw the throw that edited version out on Spotify. And maybe we so. could make a night of it and record before the Avs game. Try to. And then live react to the Avs game. There's a possibility in there. God, this is why I picked you as a co-host. Yeah, I know. You know? I'm a genius. I didn't pick you just for your good looks. I know. All right? Um, okay. I think that'd be a great idea. Oh, man. Sounds... Oh. Yeah, in the new cave. Yeah. So so Jordan got me... We're getting off track, but this is great. Yeah. You know? This is This is natural. This is natural. This is natural. Yeah. Jordan got for, so so for the audience, my significant other. We're not. She's in, gonna get mad about that when she listens. Oh, she's it. gonna get pissed because we're not engaged. You should but have I don't just like said, to. Should have just said girlfriend. Well, I I don't like to just call her my girlfriend. You yeah. know. Yeah. She she's she's deserving of a ring. I think it, I think you know girlfriend so. is better than significant other though. Okay, so my girlfriend. Yeah. Future fiance slash wife. 
I'm just mother to your children right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, asshole. <laughs> Thanks for making me look like a piece of shit on record. I'm not going to cut that out either. I'm just going to leave that in there. That's fine. You're, you're a I dick. helped you out, though, because she's going to listen to this and be like, he was right. <laughs> <laughs> so my girlfriend redid the basement slash studio slash man cave for us. So, yeah, that let's plan on that. Let's do a let's do a record before the ad games. And that's what Friday night. Friday yeah. night. Let's do it. Got a, got the little mini fridge down here with some brews. Mm-hmm. And we'll be live on Twitch watching the Avs. Yeah. yeah. I like it. All right. You can follow that, by the way, at twitch.tv slash allprodads. But getting back to it, I'm going to hold this team to a high expectation, and I would like to see 4-0. I, I won't be disappointed if it's a 3-1, but if, it's, if one of those comes from Nashville or Arizona... I'm gonna be a little, little upset. So, I got three and one. For okay. Sure. Who do you see the loss coming from? Toronto, but it's also at home. I could see uh, the game. It's yeah. a coin flip. In I was my gonna opinion, say it's at it's at home. So it's a coin flip. But yeah, that's the other three. Like I said before, I think Nashville this game around is gonna be completely different because that was when COVID hit, and then Arizona and Seattle. Yeah, they're just bad. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's that simple. I mean, you lose to those two teams, and you're going to hear a lot of criticism, yeah. upset people. Oh, if we go two and two, yes. Yeah. You know how media is. It'll be terrible. People are going to go fucking nuts. Yeah. What's wrong with the abs? They were just yeah, hot. Is everything okay? Hot, yeah. Assuming we're fully healthy. Yeah. So, but going back to your Toronto game real quick, remember the last time we played them? In Toronto, right? Yeah, remember what that score was? Did we get blown out? Eight to three. Sir. Yeah, it's pretty bad. We also weren't healthy, right? Right, but go bounce back. Yeah, go win that game. So it you is at home, like you said, it is at home. Three and one, three and one, coin flip, four no. We got a pen. Uh, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down. Look at you. I'm ready. Ready to roll. Fuck. Got a boy. Whoops. I'm leaving all this in. This That's is a fine. raw episode, right? Some of it's going to be edited, but it's mostly mostly authentic. You said 4-0, right? I said 4-0, yeah. We're going to make this a little competition, huh? Yeah. I think you, in our practice episodes... Dominated. Okay. Yeah, no, not for these, asshole. For the, for the Broncos predictions. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave that Pretty spot on. Okay, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What do the Nuggets got? Nuggets. Until we record next. Looks like they only got three. Yeah, three. Um, you're looking at Oklahoma City on the ninth. On the road. You're in Oklahoma. Then you go to LA for the, against the Clippers. On the road. On Tuesday. And then you got Portland at home on the 13th, which is a Thursday. So, OKC, you know, they're... Young, they're playing great at their standards. They're playing gonna, really good. I was gonna say, they would got you say, would you say great? Shy so. and Giddy are playing unbelievable right now. They have, you know, two young guys that are starting to, you know, pick up some steam in the NBA. The Clippers, that game, it just depends on who, which Clippers team you get. Right. You know, I was. I was. They're so hit and miss. Too. And yeah, I was kind of leaning that way as well. Then you have Portland at home. Where I feel the Nuggets are way better at these teams is they have Jokic in the middle. 
But I also feel like, not to cut you off, but Portland tends to give the Nuggets a run. Oh, yeah, it's money. one of those, so, you know. It's like the Avs and Nashville. Yeah, you, you know. Nashville. 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 Why do you say Nashville like that? <laughs> because. <laughs> Nashville. I, I don't Nashville. say the L. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you say it like you're French. Nashville. Nashville. Every time. Like no, I'm, like, I'm not saying Nashville yeah. from now on. Every time we Na- play the Avs, <laughs> the, we play the Predators or whatever, it's Nashville. Nashville. <laughs> Nashville, we Okay, so okay, um, Portland and Denver gives the Nuggets a run for their money, just like the Avs and Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you what do you want to see out of that? I could see this going three and zero, okay. but with, with a tough tough LA game. Okay. I want to see it. I I want to see a tough LA game too, because I want to see how the Nuggets match up against the Clippers. Before having Jamal back. Okay. But I could see 3-0. I like it. Would you uh, be disappointed with 2-1? No. Me either. As long as it's a competitive loss. I would love 3-0, but 2-1 two, two I'm okay with. People don't want to hear a competitive loss, but a competitive loss is a, a good thing when you're playing this long of a season. Oh, yeah. I kind of like the Broncos and their moral victories. That's different. No, you no, only have just, seven. Just, <laughs> I mean, you only have seventeen <laughs> games to make an impact. There's no such thing as a good loss in the NFL. I'm right. Just <laughs> okay. I'll I'll agree with you. I would like to see three zero, but I will accept two and one. As far as what do I predict? I think I'm gonna predict two and one, and surprisingly, I don't think that loss is gonna come from LA. I think it's gonna come from Portland. Portland at home. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I don't know why, but something something in this in the gut, dad gut, yeah. tells me. So I, c- I could see it though. Like you yeah. said, it's a, t- a team that played you tough, mm-hmm. and they've played here so many times that they might be, you know, used to the altitude like the Nuggets are. Mm-hmm. So, and it's a it's a divisional opponent, so you yeah. see them. You see them all the time. What? It, okay, that's something I really don't know. I think it's like. Divisional games in NBA, you see them four times a year? It's like six. Six? Okay. Yeah. I think it's three home, three away. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I'm 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 okay with two and one. Three and oh would be great. Mm-hmm. Twenty one and eighteen or twenty two and eighteen by the time we record next week. And then that that uh Portland game's on the thirteenth. So we'll be on their off day when we record. Yep. Most likely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. Anything else for those upcoming, real quick, on those two guys? All right, no. Denver Broncos. They play today. Season finale against Kansas City. Yeah, oh, God, I I hate hearing that, that sound bite. Yeah. Whenever they score a damn touchdown, which, which happens, is a lot, I would say, which happens way too much. I mean, that's happened. You have a unicorn at quarterback. <laughs> what about Drew? <laughs> So, like you said, it's the season finale. Unfortunately, no matter how no matter how bad the Broncos are, I look forward to NFL Sunday with the Broncos playing every week. No, yeah, like like me, like I'm not a Thursday night football guy. I don't care for Thursday football either. Like I like I'll watch it obviously, but like when my team plays Thursday and then we have a ten day layoff and or nine or whatever till yeah, because the next time it's like it's also we are a bad team, so it's like we lose and we're like, fuck. damn, yeah, we have ten days to dwell on this loss before we play again, really. It's also nice to bet NFL Sundays, though, too. Just yeah. kick back and watch football all day. 
Yeah. Sweat out some parlays. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Season finale. You are 0-12 against the Chiefs in the last 12. The last time you beat them was the Bradley Roby scoop and score with 23 seconds left in a game you probably shouldn't have won in anyway. No, oh, yeah, which this losing streak was just crazy. Started when Peyton Manning was still here. And it was the year we won the Super Bowl, so. Yep. This team has definitely had your number, you know, as long as we can remember. I think, like we said on one of our practice episodes, we were still in high school when the last time we beat the Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, we got kids now and shit. Yeah, we have two you kids. Know? and Yeah. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, The Broncos are also, it's tough. They are, the coaching's not there. They're, we've already talked about this. They're, it's, it's just a bad team. They are terrible right now at this point in the year. They uh, have nothing to play for, which Kansas City all, does. Which Kansas City locks up the one. Yeah, with the win, right? Yeah. Yep. So, this it's it's tough because I want I want so bad to be excited about this game. You know? How can you be? And it's it's just not there. Like no. I don't want to kill the mood of the the podcast right now. But just talking yeah, on, about man. it, we, like, we were laughing about about Nashville and Nashville. I mean, now, now we're now we're just now getting we're, depressing. Yeah, now we're about to start crying and playing but, fucking slow jams and shit. But un- <laughs> but unfortunately, that's been the definition of the Bronco season. Yeah, know? and then you're looking at you know just going to this this injury report list. You got one, two, three, four. That's, you got that's what I got up on mine too. I had it updated. You got five guys out. And that's Teddy Bridgewater, Dalton Reisner, Patrick Sertan, Kareem Jackson, and Ronald Darby. You are missing three starting DBs going into this game against an offense who played Cincinnati and put up, what, 40? I think it was 41. 41 points? No, it wasn't 41. It was 31. 31 points? They lost, but... They lost, but still 31 points. That was such a good game to watch. Oh, yeah, it was... A great game to watch. That, that last sequence on the goal line. Yeah. Holy shit. It's crazy. Killed so much time. <laughs> yeah. You have the announcer saying, oh, just let him score because you're running out of time. All kind of penalties yeah. and shit. Yeah, a whole bunch okay. of penalties worked in Cincy's favor. But, yeah, it's you got a team in the Chiefs that are red hot. and They're ready to go make a run, man. Yeah. Hate to say it because they're in division, but yeah. I could see them being in the Super Bowl for a th- third straight year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So, it's, like you said, I mean, look at I'm all stressed out. My hat's all off my head. I'm rubbing my forehead and shit. We were just laughing, having a good time. And like you said, it's depressing. But it's like I said, it's the moral. It's the definition of the entire season. And I hate to say it, but it's like when you look at the Denver area, and yeah, Pepsi Center is super close to Invesco, and you look at the Nuggets and the Avs, and yeah, they're good. But when the Broncos aren't good. It kills the whole vibe of the city. Yeah, this is a football town for sure. It's yeah. not a hockey town. It's not a baseball town. It's not, not a basketball, basketball town. And it's a football town for sure. Yeah, and you know, and then but then you go places like New York, where I mean, you could debate it's probably a football town. Obviously, we're not from there. I've never been there. Yeah. but I, you would say it's more of a baseball town. You know? Yeah, you got, you the, got the Yankees. Yankees. So I mean, yeah, you know, you go but to other no, places. Yeah. This is for sure. People love their Broncos here, and when they're not good, it is terrible. It is you can just feel it. I kind of heard a little little bird say uh, they're expecting twenty thousand no shows today. Yeah, I could I could expect it. 
And if there's not that many, like, how much red are you going to see in the stands? I'm not looking forward to it at all. I mean, your parents made the drive. Well, when we played in KC, your parents made the drive from Denver to Kansas City. It's not a long drive. We're tailgating with Chiefs fans today that Greg met out there. I'm so glad I'm not going. There's like 20 of us tailgating. At least they're good people. There's like, oh, they're cool. There's like six Bronco fans, dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. It's horrible. And tickets were cheap. (laughs) Tickets were were cheap, yeah. Did you look? They dropped, yeah. I bet. So, I mean, it's it's just not... Yeah, it's it's (laughs) depressing. I I don't have too much to say. uh, I was going to go and look at and see how we matched up, but everybody knows how the Broncos match up against the Chiefs. Yeah, like the game plan. They don't match. Are we going to run the rock? Are we going to... Is Drew Locke going to sling it for, for... 300 yards 40 times and yeah. you know it's just on top of that the weather is supposed to be I mean the only positive was they moved the game from Sunday to Saturday so we could get this loss in earlier and <laughs> so we could hire Vic yeah, fire Vic, Vic a, a day before a day hopefully yeah. you know, hopefully it's like Christmas in January are the Broncos allowed to fire people tomorrow yes yes they yeah. are right yeah. okay we could okay. wake up to news and might know. have to might have to have you fly over here and Dun-na-na, dun-na, yeah, that'd be fine. News. I'd be yeah. happy with it. Maybe not. Maybe. We'll maybe see. we do like a like a little quick reaction or something. Yeah, maybe. All right. I like you said we were gonna go into matchups and game plan, but it's like statistics. But it's like they're clearly better than us on the offensive side of the ball, and that's what's gonna come down to it. What do you got? First score. Thirty-eight seventeen. Kansas City. And yeah, 17 might sound like a lot of points. I was going to say, you're giving us 17. But when you're able to bench your starters in the third quarter, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's like that. We're going like, to probably go into halftime, I would say, three points. You know, and that's probably a field goal by McManus. You know, ending regulation in the first Vic's, half. And Vic's going to say it was a good two-minute drill. Yeah, it was a good two-minute drill. We're only down. I called it. We're only down 28 to, you know. <laughs> I call all the plays on that yeah. offensive drive. They've only scored 28 points in the first half. We're, it's 28 to 3. We got a chance knowing like we're down at halftime. And Vix <laughs> only came back once and won when you're losing at halftime. It's fucking He's terrible. What, 1 in 28. Yeah, something like that. I mean, Vic Fangio, go get your 30th loss as a Broncos head coach and then get out of here. No, no, 30th loss as a Broncos head coach when you're trailing at half. No, it'll be his 30th loss as like a. As the head coach. Yeah, he's the losingest coach in three years in Bronco <laughs> history. You want to talk about a loser of all losers? That's Vic Fangio. Your defense is good, though. I mean, yeah. And the, okay, and, and I know we talked about it earlier, and we were kind of... We might be contradicting, but, because, but the fact that he might even be in question... To, to stay? Back, yeah. Is, is, it's, oh it's benign. It's... Oh, it hurts my head because. So let's retract everything we said in that first. Well, bit. no, because because he's a great defensive coordinator. Yeah, you're a defensive coordinator, but you weren't hired to be the defensive coordinator. I, I, you're the, and the, the head coach. Come to, on, to be serious for a second. I really wish it was a realistic NFL scenario where you could demote somebody to a coordinator. For no, yeah, I would. For sure. I, truly, I would love him as our DC. It's a guy. He'll get fired Sunday and and be hired Friday. Maybe not because of the playoff scenarios and what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But he'll be the first D coordinator hired because yeah. he's that good. Yeah. So, 
But as a head coach, I mean, at least you won't have to call timeouts. You won't have to challenge, challenge plays. plays. You can go back to the booth where it's warm because I know you're freezing on the sidelines. <laughs> In that stupid sweater that he always wears. He's like Bill <laughs> Belichick with that fucking sweater, dude. Oh, my God. You won't have to meet with the media and throw your coaches no, yeah. under the bus. I mean, he might, week. and then he's going to be throwing, like, you won't have to throw anybody under the bus. He'll be like, oh, well, the defense played great, and that's what I'm in charge of. <laughs> you won't so. have a quarterback who throws for 250 and doesn't turn the ball over, and, you're, yeah. and you don't have to say, eh, well, Drew's all right. Yeah, he's okay. Like, you know you don't like the guy. Like, just say it. Just be like, oh, yeah, he played. He sucks. He's a quarterback, I guess. Oh my god. What do god. you got? What do you got? I don't even know, bro. 42 nothing. 42 nothing. The crazy thing is I could see that by like the end of the no. third quarter. Okay, truly my my prediction for today. Uh, we're playing the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill. They're playing McCall, everybody by the way. Cole Hardman, Byron Pringle, Tyron Matthew, Robinson, Frank Clark, Edward Solaire. He's out. Is he out? Yeah. Well, the running back's been pretty good, so. Um, I think 35-10, and I'm only giving KC 35 because I do see a scenario where the starters do get benched. Where we have. Um, but. And I think and I think our 10 comes shit like the first quarter, and then after that it's nothing. I could see uh, even their backups moving the ball like crazy. They did it when they played Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, for sure, but I think both teams kind of know where everybody's at and it's yeah. kind of a Well, the Broncos also have nothing to play for. Yeah. So, I mean, me, you could play spoiler. Yeah, you come out and go yeah, get it. Yeah, woo, moral victory. Now they're the 2 seed. Okay. <laughs> they're still in the fucking playoffs. We're going home. Yeah. Let real quick before we get into the last couple segments here. Did you see the scenario for the Chargers and Raiders? How that could play out? They need a tie, and then they're both in? If Jacksonville beats Indy. Yeah. Which, I also saw a stat where, like, Indy hasn't beat Jacksonville, like, in Jacksonville or something like that. It was something along those lines since, like, 2014. So, so say say Jacksonville beats Indy for somehow, some way, God knows only how. Do you agree to tie? I that's I know. You don't I don't th- I don't think so, but it's also kind of like why not? You know? I know what? I can beat you, so then you think that's what it comes down to? No. People don't like to tie. <laughs> I don't even think a tie should be possible. If you ain't first your last. Yeah. Shout out to Ricky. <laughs> so <laughs> doesn't make sense. No, I just I just It is a it. crazy thing though. It's kind of I mean, dope, right? You never know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, It'd be kind of cool That'd to see. would be a crazy little bet. I mean, what if Jacksonville beats Indy and then the NFL comes out and says, and says, 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 says the Chargers and the Raiders have agreed to tie? I don't think it'd play out like that. I think it'd be like a moral thing. Like, oh, we're going into the fourth quarter. There's three minutes left. We're both tied at like 17. Let's just kneel it out. Uh, Yeah, let's just run the clock out. Huh. Both teams not get injured. Huh. I wonder how coaches would go about communicating that. Like, do you think they would they'd just, probably like, already there, like, have like, talked throw, about it. Throw up a T like this. Hey, T. They go meet in the, at like halftime or something. Yeah, so. They shake hands. Yeah, I don't know. They're texting each other on the sideline. Could be. I don't know. It's pretty frowned upon, but hey. <laughs> we got guys taking their shirts off and throwing their pads and gloves. and I don't know what the NFL policy is on the sidelines anymore. 
Um, well, the NFL policy is uh, get CTE first before yeah. you before you freak out. Shout out to AB. Yeah. All right. Speaking of AB, this guy kind of looks like him. He does. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Like a crazy AB. <laughs> Dude, he looks. Yeah. He looks. They like even have the same haircut. Yeah. This gonna be a flag. This episode's gonna be taken down. We'll figure something out. We'll just ride with it till the Alright. Here on the All Pro Dads, we got the, the dad bods and the guts. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna go with our gut feeling. This segment is called I Have a Feeling. I have a feeling Vic Fangio gets fired this week. This week. Like, Monday. If not tomorrow. Yeah. And if it's not Fangio first, it's for sure Pat Shermer. It's gotta be. Him and McMahon. Yeah. Out. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, maybe maybe they kind of... George Payton has a couple nights of sleep on it because... I mean, it really is a tough decision, so... Yeah. But I... So, so I have a feeling Vic is fired this week. And if not, for sure, Shermer and McMahon. And that's that's mine. Go ahead. All right. So mine is going to the Avs. My feeling. Uh huh. Avs will be in first place by All Star break. Okay. I like it. That's my feeling. The Avs first place by All Star break. In the West or the NHL? In the West. Okay. In the West. When is the All Star break? Let me pull this up. So the last game of the before All Star break is February first. Mm-hmm. And then we go on the break. Okay. Mm-hmm. So by February second, I'm assuming because I'm sure teams have to play. Yeah, on the, the first maybe. So by the ABS February second, they'll be in first place. Yep. Okay. R- write that down. Write that down. Write that down. I need to find a soundbite for that. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> maybe I'll just clip it. That's a good one. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, on our practice episodes, we used to do a little segment called Underdog of the Week. We would go on the local mobile sports books here, FanDuel or you know DraftKings or whatever. It was typically FanDuel. And we would go find an NFL underdog for the Sunday, and we would pick the underdog to, to win. Um, but we're going to switch that up for this week, and I think probably for the rest of the probably the NFL playoffs. Yeah, right? we'll probably... So, uh... We'll, we'll, we'll it's it's some sort it of bit. some sort of betting it's a nice little bet. Yeah, mm-hmm. we like we like to bet on this show and and gamble and stuff. So and we're gonna like, we're gonna throw a little bit of a betting segment in there and go with prop bet of the week. Do you have ears? I do indeed. You want to go first? You I'll go, go first? No, I don't care. I'll go first. Okay. My my prop bet of the week is going to be. It's actually today. As much as I don't want it to happen. Drew Lock interceptions. I believe it's the over under is 0.5 and if it's 0.5 let me let me clarify real quick just to be sure if it's 0.5 I'm 100% taking the over so passing props Drew Lock interception okay it's just a yes or no yes is minus 178 no is plus 132 so 100 bucks they're good odds good odds yeah so the 100 bucks on the plus 132 would win you 132 obviously and then in order to win $100 on the yes, you would have to bet 178 So, that's my prop bet for the week. Go ahead. 
Uh, mine is going to hopefully hit with yours hitting. Kansas City defensive slash special teams touchdown. Anytime. I got the odds for it right here. Plus 400. Plus 470. Oh, it went up. Yeah, it went up. Don't know why it's less likely, but... I mean, I think they've had a defensive touchdown in the last, like, four times we've played them. Daniel Sorensen. Yep. I'm um, seeing how poor our special teams is playing. Yeah, and that's, yeah they could return so, a kickoff. McCole Hardman is dangerous. Yep. Um, like dangerous Deontay. Shout out to Danny. Completely opposite of... <laughs> yeah. It's, so 100 it's, bucks it's, wins you 470. Yeah. 10 bucks wins you 47. So... Those are our prop bets of the week. Brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who we're not sponsored by. Yeah. Yet. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. January 8th. Your daughter just turned one. Your second daughter just turned one. Mm-hmm. I was telling Haley, this is like the first January I've worked in a whole year. So I took a whole month off last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I didn't work a single day in January. <laughs> well, Happy New Year to all. I don't know if you guys have any New Year's resolutions yet. So, I actually have a personal one, and it was kind of corny. Mm-hmm. But I was really thinking, like, last night, because, you know, I went to the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. Left eye's kind of fucked up. Yeah. You know, it's... Just a little bit. A little, you know, I'm a dad. Yeah. Got fact. the gut. Yeah. By the way, every time you guys hear that, that's me slapping my stomach. So. <laughs> <laughs> I actually am... I, I, I don't think it's going to happen realistically, because I'm a lazy fuck. But I would like to start getting up at like 4.30 every morning, going to the gym before I go to work. Truly. Like, truly. I need I need to focus on my goddamn health. You know, the crazy thing is, is that's mine. Yeah? You know, I got to be at work at, you know, 6? 6.30 every day. So starting my day at 4 wouldn't be too bad. If we left the house at 4.30, would we have enough time to go gym? I wouldn't have uh, the apartment. Well, yeah, I would just go to your apartment. Yeah. So if I left the house at 4.30, would that leave us enough time? I want to I mean, be in you the gym be at 4, work. but yeah. You want to be in the gym by four? Yeah. Why not four? Why not like four thirty-five? It takes Cause me five minutes go, to get dressed. Because then I gotta go shower and stuff. <sighs> That's right. Go to work. I'm not trying to sit in a truck that already smells like trash. Yeah. And maybe maybe, like maybe the, you and I can figure yeah. something out. Yeah. How how is your apartment gym? It's nice. It's nice. Yeah. It's really nice. Okay. My apartments are nice in general. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Maybe maybe we'll uh. Something I'm kind of serious about. Next couple yeah. weeks. I mean, I go to bed early enough, anyways. I don't. I'm in bed by like nine fifteen. That's another thing about my health. My sleep schedule is fucked up. Yeah. Well, All right. With Haley's schedule, it's like nine forty five. We're in bed by. That's good though. She gets back. Yeah. 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 Ten fifteen at the latest. Cool. Cool. Okay. Well, speaking of New Year's resolutions, want to rapid fire some New Year's resolutions for each team, real quick? We can. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go first? Just yeah. Let throw, me know the team. Throw me a team. You throw me a team. Uh, Nuggets. Find a center. You. Find some injury bug repellent. Okay. Yeah. Abs. You. Finish. Okay. Finish. That's it. All right. Just finish. Go get the cup. Finish. Yep. Abs. Get the cup. Okay. Win the Stanley fucking cup. Please. Yeah. Okay. Broncos. New year. Yeah, it's you. Broncos. Broncos. Me? Yeah. Blow that bitch up. Find a new head coach and coordinators. Keep most of the roster intact, you know? Yeah. Go get a quarterback. Get. It's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. That that's my New Year's resolution. Get Broncos. a quarterback, coordinators, uh, head coach. Broncos. You. New year, new you. Okay. Oh man, new year, new you. I told you I didn't get you on here just for your good looks. I fucking new love year, it, new you. Be a team. Be a new team. Be completely. <laughs> new year, new you. Go get it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I like those it. Are good. I like those. Solid. We'll write the not right now because we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. But I like those. a little short on time. 
Okay. Find an injury bug repellent. God, you're such a dad. It's great. Get a little off. Shh, yeah. Spray that something. shit. Something. You know, something. Jeez, the Nuggets would be winning. Something. A little life <laughs> action? Be, they'd be like number one in the West right now. The healthy team. <laughs> okay. Jesus. Well, if you've made it this far, we appreciate you for listening. This is the All Pro Dads Podcast. I'm Damien. You can follow me on Twitter at Denver underscore grown two three or on Instagram at Dame underscore APD. Sending you off with my co-host, Tony. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TV3 underscore 1122 and on Instagram at TV3 underscore APD. Perfect. See you all next week. You can follow our podcast on Spotify. That is the only outlet we have for right now. I am working on getting Apple Music set up. You can also follow our Twitch, twitch.tv slash allprodads. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you all on the flip side. We're walking her off. Up to McCaw. McCarr holds in the corner and now along the half court. It's all beautiful wheel around move. McCarr oh! shoots and scores! Colorado wins it in overtime. What a pirouette goal scored by the young defenseman, Cal McCarr. Oh my God. I'm looking in the abs box next to me. I looked at their great Joe Sackick, their general manager. Are you kidding me? What a play by Kale McCarr. Watch the situational awareness. Drawing the defender in Kirby Doc. Lulling him in. Erks! Jams on the break. Cuts back. Takes a sword the net. Forehand. Backhand. Top shelf. Good night. What a play by Kale McCarr. Is this guy special or what? <laughs>